Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Spatuless Podcast. I'm your host, Evelyn Cook, and each week we will be learning together the not-so-common knowledge things about the kitchen. This podcast is for all aspiring adults who may need a little help creating meals at home that are safe to eat and good enough to share. In each episode, we put recipes aside and share fundamental ideas behind how food works, including cooking techniques that can be applied to anything found in your kitchen to save you embarrassment, time, and money. Guys, 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 I know it's been a while. My schedule for sharing these episodes has been a little crazy over the last couple of weeks because it's the holidays. Holidays are here. We are fully into Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. Uh, season and the spirits are high and I'm excited. I love, love, love this time of the year. It's full of cheer. I just put up my Christmas tree at my place, my new place, um, this past weekend and it was a great time. We had music. I made some cookies um, for my roommates and everybody and we had a good playlist going um, definitely with some of the hits that are on the cooking and cleaning playlist. Um, But yeah, guys, I hope you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving. And of course, if you still have any of those leftovers from Thanksgiving, I hope that you have thrown them away. (laughs) Uh, If you did not throw them away now, those are no longer safe. If you've listened to anything I've been saying to you guys over the past couple of episodes, um, then you would know that pretty much none of that stuff is still good. So I don't care what it is. It's your favorite dessert. You just had so much left. Just go ahead and throw it away. But I think by now, most of the good food has been eaten if you're anything like my family. So um, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but uh, I'm back into our flow of our capsule recipe kind of scheduling. So if you've listened to the past couple of episodes, you know that we are well into this idea of capsule food. And if you aren't sure what that means or what I mean by capsule food, it's really my way of breaking down kind of the fundamentals of putting meals together instead of teaching you guys from a recipe standpoint on how to recreate dishes. I'm teaching you the basics on how to prepare um, food in in separate, in different ways. And if I teach you the techniques on how to properly um, do things with food, then really to make different dishes, you're adding in just different seasonings, different sauces, and pairing it differently. But the technique of preparing it is pretty much the same across all cuisines. So once you master those things, um, you will be better equipped to be able to follow a recipe, which when you're a beginner can be crazy and scary and overwhelming and stressful because you don't know why, number one, it's not coming out the way that it should. And two, you thought this was going to be easy and somehow the recipe is on step two and you're still confused at what's going on. There's three things that you don't have that it's asking you to have. And so this takes all of that out. We're teaching you how to navigate around those curveballs that you might find out in the recipe wild and learn how to kind of mix and match. And that's how chefs learn. That's how when you're in the culinary world and you're working in the culinary world, that's how it goes. You don't get recipes always for everything. It's a matter of knowing the techniques and knowing what to look for. And then if something goes wrong, you know how to adjust from there. But um, 
again, we're going to kick off or we're going to get right back into that. I know we took a little bit of a hiatus because of Thanksgiving, but we're right back into it. And today we are talking about the showstopper of every meal, your meat, right? Uh, If you are a meat eater, now this is not going to be for my vegan listeners at all. The next couple of episodes, we are going to focus on preparing meats. Um, So definitely 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 if you're a meat eater keep listening but go ahead and you know take a take a little break uh share this with a carnivore friend of yours if uh, meat isn't your thing guys but today we are going to kick it off with one of my favorite ways to prepare meat which is baked chicken so i'm going to teach you guys today how to make uh foolproof juicy baked chicken that's going to be good that you'll want to share with your friends that'll be super impressive and that you'll just enjoy eating it's not too involved or intense of a process so it's super simple I love to do it and you can dress it up in a million different ways once you have this basis down on how to bake chicken so Let's go get into it. What you guys will need today is your raw chicken pieces of your choice. And we'll get into a little bit about choosing your your chicken um, a little bit later. But you'll need your chicken. You'll need oil. So my favorite is olive oil, um, extra virgin olive oil or whatever olive oil you can find. Um, Or vegetable, canola, all those oils are fine. We're baking it um in the oven which you know for most of those oils it it won't be a problem um we're not frying or anything today um you'll need your parchment paper and again in a past episode i talked about why i prefer baking and doing a lot of things on parchment paper as opposed to aluminum foil however like i always say if you don't have it use what you got, okay? So if you have aluminum foil, if you're used to aluminum foil, if that's what your mom, your grandma, and everybody ever baked on, go ahead and still use your aluminum foil. Not a big deal. Your food just might stick a little bit more to it versus using a parchment paper. You're going to need your baking sheet or your baking tray, of course, to put this on. Make sure that it's big enough, one, to fit in your oven, but two, uh, to actually fit the amount of chicken that you're baking. Um, If you're baking a lot of chicken or even a little bit, You want something that's close to the right amount of size without the pieces having to overlap at all. Then you'll need um, your salt, your pepper, your poultry seasonings. And again, I mentioned this in a past episode, literally in the store, uh, you'll see seasonings that's called poultry seasoning. And that's usually the easiest way to have it come out right every time. Um, And you can try out different ones. I know Mustache and a couple other brands. I'm not even going to name drop too many uh, because they're not paying me. But uh, there's lots of poultry seasonings out there. Um, I recommend getting poultry seasoning that does not have salt contained in it. So it'll either stay salt free or on the back of the package, you'll just look for salt as an ingredient because I like to control my own uh, addition of salt to any recipe that I'm working with. So um, your poultry seasoning, um, and then you'll need a knife. You'll need a spatula or tongs. And of course, I use a spatula a lot, hence the name of the show, Spatulas. Um, but uh, definitely want those items to be able to get going today. So about picking your meat. So with chicken, there's a couple of different things that you'll see in the store most often. Now, the way I don't really bake my chicken wings too often. Um, so really what I'm going to focus on today are uh, your thighs and your breasts. So there is so much, um, I guess, debate in the culinary world, so to speak, around thighs versus breasts. Um, 
I typically get a boneless, skinless um, chicken breast, um, which for me is fine. However, chicken thigh is fine. Um, and the difference between the two, there are some differences. So one key difference between the two is the fat content. Um, chicken thighs tend to be a little bit more fatty than um, chicken breasts, um, which chicken breasts are usually a little bit more lean. So you see it recommended in a lot of different diets um, that are trying to get you to cut out a lot of fats. Um, but chicken thighs is where all the, you know, moisture is kept, the dark meat of it. And so um, that's why this is usually, you're going to see the fat, you're going to see the kind of white parts of it on the chicken thighs. Usually the skin is usually kept on to chicken thighs when it's sold in most supermarkets, um, just because it's going to trap in all that goodness and all that flavor. Um, but again, it's going to be much higher in fat content if you're working with thighs. Um, relatively from a nutritional standpoint, thighs and breasts have around the same amount of iron and sodium and cholesterol to them. Um, but again, that fat component is really going to change it. However, that is a debated, I must say, that is a debated topic because, um, a lot of uh, studies have shown that the types of fats, um, just as a fun fact, the types of fats that are found in chicken thighs is actually um, good fats. Um, so fats that your body actually needs and that can help in weight loss. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. So take all of this advice at your own risk, guys. But um, it's called, uh, before I mess this up, monounsaturated fat. I stumbled over that word a couple of times, but <laughs> monounsaturated fat, um, and that's the kind that's in the chicken thighs, can help uh, aid in weight loss, control and reduce cholesterol, and lower your heart disease, risk of heart disease and cancer. Um, the American Heart Association even recommends that the majority of your daily fat intake should be the monounsaturated kind. So take that with a grain of salt. Uh, I, like I said, still usually grab a good chicken breast, um, boneless, skinless chicken breast, and which is surprising because uh, you might wonder, how can you make that and it still tastes good? It's still juicy. And that's why I like the challenge because it comes out good every time if you follow the steps that I'm going to walk you through today, guys. Um, but even if you do a chicken thigh or um, something that still has the bone in it or, or skin on, I, you will be able to use steps just as fine. Um, just follow me. So um, and, uh, another thing, uh, like I said, the intense flavor in the chicken thighs is something that you definitely want to um, look out for. But also thighs are usually more affordable. So if you do see it in the store, that's usually on your cheaper end of the, you know, pricing schedule there um, because breasts uh, are now recommended so much about all these diets. People are charging a little bit more. They they have all the varieties of farm-raised, grass-fed, um, you know, cows have been massaged or, or chickens have been massaged for so long um, on, on the farms there. Um, and so you're paying for that. So with thighs, uh, those usually are the lower end, um, more fat and lower price point. Um, but yeah, so that's it about pick, picking your meats. Next, so once you find the meat that you have, um, it's usually 
sliced up for you in the size that we're going to bake it in. Um, however, if you're getting something boneless or something that does look a little bit large, you can, at this point, go ahead and chop it down a little bit. Again, get your cutting board that you have designated for meats. So again, I like to cut, color coat my cutting board. So my red cutting board is what I cut my meats on. My green cutting board is what I cut my vegetables on. Um, I do have a white cutting board that I use mostly for pastry stuff, but sometimes I do use it for, for other things, but I always clean them thoroughly. Um, and so at this point, what you want to do is clean your meats. So this is something that um, is widely debated in the culinary world, guys, cleaning your meats um it's something that I've always done and I always saw my mom do growing up but the more I started to listen to uh our cultural counterparts <laughs> um it, it, I've learned that not everybody cleans their meats not everybody actually puts you know water um on it or rinses it in any way or, or puts anything on it um some people just take it from pack to pan and you know just runs with it um and technically technically i'm speaking technically guys technically there is not nothing wrong with that right nothing wrong with that technique technically there's nothing wrong with that because you're going to cook it well and that is going to kill anything that might be on the surface that's going to kill anything that might be you know festering on your chicken from a bacterial level however i personally highly recommend to rinse your meat to wash it off um, in a safe way of course but um, it just makes me feel better um, it helps me feel like I've done something because I don't 100% trust all grocery stores to do right by my meats. And so just a, a light rinse in some uh, warmish water. You don't want it to get too hot because you don't want to actually start the cooking process of your meat. Um, but a little warm water to rinse it off to get rid of any sliminess that might be on your chicken and just to make it feel a little bit better. Now, also, some cultures, especially Haitians, will go another step, and a lot of Caribbeans actually, will go another step and actually wash or, or rinse, quote unquote, uh, with an acid. So you'll see a lot of uh, Haitians actually use vinegar or lemon juice to clean their meats at this point. Um, and again, the concept is that the acids are going to help break down anything that might be on the surface of the foods. Um, but again, this is really all down to preference, as crazy as it sounds. Um, now, if you do wash your meat, you always want to make sure that before and after handling your meat, you... Uh, Clear out your surface for, or your area, your sink from any other dishes that you might have um, around um, to make sure that you're not contaminating anything, that you're not getting meat juices on it that aren't going to be cooked. And so if you get raw meat juice on someone's drinking glass and they go and drink it, they might get sick. So to prevent that, you clear the space before you get going. Um, but then after you're done cleaning and rinsing your meat, go ahead and wash your hands, but also wipe down your cu cutting board, rinse off your cutting board um, and your sink. You want to clean out your sink. Now, 
I usually keep on hand um, some bleach, a bleach water solution, or, um, you know, there's uh, wipes that have bleach in them. Again, I'm not shouting out brands, but you all know the, the very popular bleach wipes that are around. If you can find some in these days of COVID anyway, but uh, always keep some in the kitchen to really wipe down the, ki the kitchen sink after you've done washing your meats. After this point that you have it all nice and washed, you can also, as you're going through, see if um, there's any uh, extra fat that's on your chicken. So personally, um, I tend to like a leaner meat, so I don't want all that fat to remain on the chicken. So this is a good time. If you see a lot of fat, which when it's still raw will look very white, um, and so any white parts that aren't identifiable as the skin itself, that's fat. So you can, I usually use my hands to kind of rip that off, but you can also take a knife and cut that off as well during this process and at this time um, to get any excess fat away. Um, it'll still taste good. It'll still taste great if you trim it off. But again, um, everybody's trying to be a little bit more mindful about the amount of fat that we consume, even if it's the good fats, guys. So once it's all clean, prepped, um, and ready to get going, next we're going to get it prepped uh, to cook, to go into the oven. So we're going to get our baking tray, baking pan, um, and we're going to line it with that parchment paper um, or aluminum foil, whatever we have. And then we're going to place our chicken um, onto that surface. Now you're going to take your oil. Now, before you grab your oil, let's stop. Before you grab your oil, wash your hands again. Wash your hands again. <laughs> if you've touched anything else, you want to wash your hands. Because if you have been handling with your raw hands, uh, your bare hands rather, the chicken, now you have the chicken juice back on your hands. And so what you don't want to do is now grab your seasonings, grab your bottles of anything um, with that because you're going to contaminate the surface of any of those bottles and then like that drinking glass is a problem again So lots of hand washing when we're handling raw meat, but trust me guys It's the safest way It's the best way so that you have peace of mind to know that you are serving yourself and your friends and family things that will not harm them guys um, so wash your hands again then you can go ahead and grab your oil and you're going to generously pour your oil over the meat. Um, you're not trying to make a pool of oil in the tray, but you want to be able to coat um, each piece of meat. Um, so start with maybe a cap full at a time um, on each piece of meat. So the actual cap from the bottle of the oil, you can pour it into the cap and pour it over the meat. That's usually enough to cover um, any piece of chicken. If you need more, you can use a capful or a teaspoon, table, or tablespoon rather, more to be able to cover it all. But really, you want to get it all nice and covered. If you have a piece of meat that does have skin, you actually want to get the oil between the chicken and the skin as well. So um, as weird as it might feel and look and in, in, in B, um, you want to really get in there. Don't be afraid to handle the chicken, guys, especially when their skin, the skin tends to want to uh, stick very well to the meat. Okay, yes. So back to oil. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Oil, you want to get in there, guys. You want to um, really own it. Don't be afraid. It's dead already. It won't harm you. Um, and 
it's icky. You can wash your hands once again afterwards anyway. So you really want to try to separate as much as possible without it coming completely off the skin, but really get the oil in there. Um, and the fancier you get, this will be an opportunity to add, you know, other things between the skin and uh, the meat itself. So think of, you know, Thanksgiving, a lot of people will stick like butter in there, whole sticks of butter, but really getting a fat in there is what's going to help add that flavor layer to your meat, keep it nice and juicy and, and keep it just, just, uh, it's going to be perfect. Um, so the oil is really the key component here. So you want to get every little nook and cranny of it. That's what's going to keep it nice and juicy. Um, then after that, you're going to go ahead and guess what? Wash your hands again. So wash your hands thoroughly. I mean, get under your nails, get under your fingernails, get in the cracks and crevices of your hands. Just the, the way that they tell you to wash to be COVID safe, you're going to spend that same amount of time with uh, as hot of water as your hands can take uh, is how hot that the water should be. Um, and you want to wash it for at least 20 seconds. Um, you can sing like happy birthday to yourself. Um, but again, all the COVID rules, they definitely apply here. Um, wash your hands thoroughly after you've handled the chicken. Then um, once you have that, then things get a little less crazy because we're going to start to use tools and we're not going to touch the chicken directly again. So at this point, you are going to get your seasonings out. So I usually start with my salt and pepper. So uh, salt, you're going to take pinches at a time, guys, pinches at a time, because you can always add seasonings later. But if you add too much now, you can't take it off. You can always add more later. So you want to take a little pinch of, of salt, uh, lightly dust it over everything, um, especially because salt is a little bit harder to see with your eyes if you're not paying attention, if there's bright lights in your kitchen. Um, but you want to, you know, just finally go over it. Then you want to add your pepper. Uh, so salt and pepper. So salt is going to help bring out those flavors of your meats and everything we do. We season everything with salt. We season our water for our pasta, our water for our rice. It does not change with our meats, especially with our meats, because salt is naturally going to help uh, get all the, the juices and the flavors. It's going to pull it out of um, whatever food we're doing, you were using. And so the same concept applies with our meats. We want that salt to extract all the goodness of the chicken flavors and of the oils out. And, and, and so we can taste them. And so they can be present in the flavor. And then pepper is just a nice uh, pairing with it. It also helps bring out the flavor. It starts to add its own flavor um, to it. And, you know, it helps to even out the flavor um, profile for anything. It's just a nice base. And then anything we do from there is going to be great. So from there, we can add generously our um, poultry seasoning. So the poultry seasoning magic um, is going to have basically everything you need to make it taste like chicken is usually supposed to taste, right? It's typically going to have some of the same ingredients. So um, it'll have some type of pepper, maybe even like oregano or parsley, some paprika, maybe some cumin, uh, some sage maybe in there if it's a little fancy. Um, but it's going to have like kind of the similar ingredients across the board. But again, the differences between the seasonings um, are going to be very little. It's going to be some on the more uh, 
uh, flavorful side, some on the more even keeled flavor side, um, some a little spicier, some heavier on the salt. So definitely look at that salt content because those are going to be key giveaways on which one you should buy and which one you should stay far away from. Then, uh, once you have it all nicely seasoned, and if you want to add any other crazy seasonings, go right ahead. But once you have it nicely seasoned on both sides, right? So once you have it nicely seasoned on one side, we're going to take our tongs at this point or our spatula, and we're going to flip all the pieces of meat over right in their spot, right on that tray. Um, same spot. And we're going to do the same thing to the other side. So lightly seasoned with salt, lightly seasoned with your pepper. Lightly season it with your poultry seasoning until the whole thing is kind of coated in poultry seasoning. But um, you don't want to overdo it with the salt and pepper. But the poultry seasoning, it's, it's usually balanced enough as it is. Um, so then at that point, once both sides are now nicely coated, um, we can put it in the oven. So baking it in the oven, you can do 350 as normal is fine, um, but you can even go as high as like 400 in the oven. Totally okay, but I personally stick around 300 um, degrees Fahrenheit for my oven when I'm baking chicken. Totally fine. Um, it's not going to harm it at all, um, but everybody's oven is a little bit different. So if you're noticing that it is um, burning out on the outside a lot faster, but if you're testing it, it's still not done in the middle. Um, you can turn your oven down, but we'll, I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, so 350 is a great place to start. Once it's preheated, you're going to pop it right into the oven. Um, you do not, I personally do not cover it at this point, um, but uh, some recipes might call for covering it. So if you want to do that, it's totally up to you, totally optional. However, what I do do is flip them and rotate them halfway through the cooking process. So I usually put it in the oven and for an average size of meat, the way it comes in the grocery store, 15 minutes is a good starting point. So after 15 minutes in the oven, I will set my timer um, at 350. It's in the oven baking. Um, Usually I'll put it on one of the middle racks in the oven because that'll give the best circulation of heat flow in the oven. Um, the high racks are fine, but again, that's going to be a little bit closer to the heating source in some ovens, or some ovens, the lower shelf is hotter, but depending on your oven, you want it to be in the middle um, if there's nothing else baking at the same time. That way, again, it gets kind of a nicer, even um, situation going. Um, halfway through, after that 15-minute timer goes, you're going to safely pull it, pull the tray out of the oven. Um, and then you're going to either put it on the stovetop or you can kind of pull the draw out of the oven with the door open and do it there, kind of bent over and bent down into the oven. But be careful if you do it that way to not burn yourself, to not bump into the door of the oven because the door of the oven is hot. Um, and the edges of the trays are hot. Just be very careful. Have your oven mitts with you when you're touching this, guys. Um, but you're going to take those tongs, um, rinse them off um, because, again, it has that raw meat juice on it that we just used them on. Um, but we're going to use the tongs or the spatula to flip over our chicken again. So one side has been starting to cook, but the other side probably looks almost raw. So we're going to flip them over and um, just put them right on back into the oven for another 15 minutes. After that initial uh, second rotation, second turn, 
30 minutes, uh, that's when you can start testing for doneness. Usually at that point, it's starting to get there. Um, depending on the cut of your meat, how you sliced it, it might not be ready or it might be ready. So um, at this point, it's going to be a little bit more on you guys. I know you can do it, um, but I would start checking it every five minutes at this point instead of 15 minutes. If you're feeling brave or it looks long done, you can do it every 10 minutes, but I would say every five minutes is a little bit safer, um, especially if you're just beginning, just starting out. But what you're looking for is you actually want to take a knife and you want to try to stick the knife into your chicken. Um, if it is tough to go through the chicken, it's not done. And so you want to keep it in. Um, if it's starting to be easy to go through the chicken, um, I usually find the piece of the chicken that's the fattest in the, in the oven and I'll usually cut right into the fattest part of that piece of, of chicken. So wherever there's the most meat, because that's going to take the longest to cook thoroughly right through to the center. So whatever's the biggest piece of meat, I usually just take my knife and cut right on through it, right in the tray. If you need a fork to kind of help support it, you can go right ahead and cut it like you would, like you're eating it. Again, being very careful and you don't want to kind of cut through the parchment paper or the aluminum foil that you might be baking on, but cut into it. And what you're looking for is that it's all white on the inside. You don't want to see any pinkness. You don't want to see any signs of it still being raw in the middle. Um, once you see all that, then you know that it's done. Now, again, depending on your cut of chicken or your type of chicken, uh, and if there's still bone in the chicken, um, which makes a big deal, if there's still bone in the chicken, um, you may start to see um, things coming out of the chicken as it's cooking down. Do not be alarmed. That is normal. That is okay. Um, you want to even more so keep continuing to cook the chicken, especially if you're working with legs, like drumsticks or anything. You want to keep cooking it until all of that has kind of cooked out. And that's usually a visual sign, a visual aid to tell you that it's not done without even having to stick a knife into the chicken. Um, so once you have successfully cut into a piece of chicken, and you see that it's completely done, you can take it out of the oven and you're all done. So this is, guys, the end of our first official capsule. So just think about all the endless possibilities that you could have if, you know, now that you know the basics of creating the perfect juicy chicken, uh, think of all the things that you can do uh, to be able to add more to it. You can dress up the chicken at this point. Um, after you take it out of the oven, you can add some uh, barbecue sauce to it and put it back into the oven for a couple more minutes just until the um, sauce really binds to the chicken and adheres to the chicken. Um, or you can chop it up, add it to a salad, add it to something else. Um, think about if you took uh, some of our white rice, maybe added some soy sauce along with some of our roasted vegetables, uh, got that all together into a pot. Um, you can put it in a saute pan, add your pieces of juicy baked chicken. Now you have a little stir fry going on. Um, you could even scramble some eggs, add that in there with some onions and put that in. Um, and it'll taste delicious. That's like one of my go-to quick meals, um, with, especially with leftovers. If I've made baked chicken and I, after the second day I'm tired of eating it, I can reuse it there. Um, or same concept, I can take now steamed vegetables 
and some pasta with some pasta sauce and, and serve that with the baked chicken and a whole other meal. So you see how you can start to mix and match these dishes and these recipes to be able to create endless iterations of meals. And this is really how I started to gain my confidence in the kitchen and be able to do way more things in the kitchen. Um, it starts with learning the, the basics and the fundamentals. So you know for sure that Anywhere you go from here, any other kind of things you add on to the recipe or styles that you try to jazz up the flavor profile or change the flavor profile, depending on what type of, of mood you're in, um, you know that that chicken is baked perfectly. You know that that rice is not over or undercooked. You know that it's going to be perfect to bite into. You know that that pasta is going to be perfect to bite into and it's not going to chip a tooth. Um, and so you know that whatever you do with these these in components and these dishes that you're going to be proud of it and want to share it with your friends and your family. It's a great feeling that I want every adult to have, guys. So thank you for listening this far. Um, and so that brings me into the kitchen word of the day, guys. So the word of the day, kind of in the theme of what we've been talking about, um, is salmonella. So you've heard me guys talk about washing our hands all the time today, but salmonella is a reason or one of the reasons. Salmonella is a is the type of bacteria that's most frequently reported, uh, the most frequently reported cause of food-related illnesses in the United States. Uh, you can't see it, smell it, or taste it. Uh, so if it's there, it's there. You're not going to know otherwise. <laughs> um, but the CDC actually estimates that salmonella bacteria is a cause of about 1.3 million infections every year. Uh, 26,500 hospitalizations and 420 deaths, 420 deaths, guys. This is no joke. So, um, you know, in a time of COVID, that doesn't sound like a lot, but that is a lot because you didn't wash your hands. Um, that is a lot that can be prevented. Um, now, if you do have salmonella, or rather the illness from the bacteria of salmonella, salmonella is called salmonellosis. Um, if you have salmonellosis, you will know because you'll have usually um, an upset stomach, uh, diarrhea, fever, or pain, or cramping in your belly. And symptoms can usually begin anywhere from six hours after eating it or infection to six days after infection. And it can last up to um, anywhere from four to seven days. Um, so you want to be very careful if you get it. But uh, for most cases, most people, it won't go as far as death or hospitalization. Um, in a couple of days, you'll be okay. Take some, you know, over-the-counter kind of medicine. Um, but I'm going to tell you guys the top nine kind of recommended ways to prevent the spread of salmonella. So number one, you're going to avoid eating raw or barely cooked eggs. And I don't care what fad is happening with a protein shake with a raw egg in it. I don't believe in it. I don't do it. Do not eat raw or barely cooked eggs. Now. Don't get me wrong. I love a good uh, a brunch uh, special with a little runny egg on top of it. However, those are not completely raw. They have been cooked to some degree, um, but a portion of the yolk is left slightly runny to be able to give that effect and that texture. However, it's not completely raw. It has been cooked, usually steamed or boiled um, to a certain degree. 
Then uh, number two, do not eat raw or undercooked beef, pork, or poultry ever. There's never a reason or need to eat those items raw. Fish, seafood, different story. We're not talking about we're not talking about the seafood right now. We're talking about beef, pork, or poultry. So you're gonna leave my sushi alone. But <laughs> beef, pork, or poultry, you do not ever want to eat that raw or even undercooked. You want it to be cooked fully. Now again, I understand there are you know the raw lovers of 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 sandwiches of of burgers. That is the eat at your own risk type of a job. I love my burgers medium. That's probably as as much as I'll, I'll go medium. Um, so it's cooked to a certain extent, but definitely never raw. No, nope, we don't do raw. Um, number three, refrigerate food properly. And we talked about that at the top of the show because refrigerating things is so important. Properly refrigerating that is so important. So much could go wrong before the food even gets to you. So you want to make sure that you're doing your part once it gets to you. Um, number four, wash your hands well with soap and what? Warm water before and after handling food. Before and after. And that's why we talked about earlier washing our hands before we touch the chicken, after we touch the chicken, before we touch the cutting board, after we touch the cutting board, before we touch the seasoning. Um, it's important because at any of those steps, it could things could go wrong. Uh, number five, clean your kitchen surfaces before preparing food on them. So whether it's your cutting board, your kitchen counter, your pans, whatever, you want to clean it before food touches them. Number six, do not mix cooked food with raw food or use the same utensils to prepare them. So that's why we washed off our tongs before we touched it from when it was raw to when it was cooked. That's also why we don't just go throwing already prepared chicken in with the raw chicken from the beginning. It does not make sense. Don't do it because they'll never, um, it'll never come out one together properly. And the cooked food is either going to get burnt before it's properly cooked to the temperature to burn off whatever juices you done contaminated with contaminated it with but just don't do it just keep them all separate if it's already cooked keep it separate and on an upper shelf in our fridge and if it's raw keep it lower and keep it separate um number seven cook meat to its correct minimum temperature Every meat has a designated minimum temperature, um, which we'll probably go more into detail into another episode, but everything I'm telling you guys on how to look for it, because to be real, nobody's going to have a probe thermometer at home where they're sticking it into an everyday piece of chicken. A turkey, maybe. However, your everyday piece of meat, you're not doing that. You're not going to do that. But using your eye test, using knife test, that's going to be more than enough to tell you if it's good to go or not. And it's going to get you right every single time. Number eight, wash your hands with soap and water after touching animals, their toys, and their bedding. Now that's a given. Keep your animals out of the kitchen. None of this cats on the counters helping you cook no bunny rabbits in there no nothing no funny business just like kids keep them away keep them out of the kitchen it keeps them safe keeps you safe keep the food safe all safe number nine you're gonna wash fruits and vegetables well and peel them if possible so especially if it's a fruit that 
you are going to bite directly into it. It's not like a banana where you're peeling away the outer skin and what you actually eating is on the inside. If you're thinking about an apple, you want to really rinse this. And I know we talked about this in a previous episode, but the produce, especially in the United States, it's, it gets treated poorly. They're not fresh picked and delivered to your door if you didn't if you didn't know. So they sit in warehouses for a long time. They get coated in waxes and all types of things to make it look fresh and look good and look brand new. But you never really know what's on the surface. So definitely, definitely, definitely wash your fruits and vegetables. Rinse them off well before you eat them um, so you can be safe. So guys, um, thank you for listening. Just to recap, because you probably forgot already. Just to recap the steps of today to bake your perfect juicy chicken. I'm going to take it from the top one more time. So really quickly, first thing, we're going to pick out a piece of chicken. My personal favorite is my boneless, skinless chicken breast. Um, and so I'm going to get that. I'm going to cut off any other extra pieces of fat that I might see on the chicken. And I'm going to wash it really good. Might even add in some lemon lemon juice to it to get an extra coating of, of cleanliness and flavor. Um, it'll help tenderize the meat. Um, then I'm going to coat it generously with some olive oil, which is my favorite, or any type of oil that I might have. And I'm going to put it on a pan with parchment paper or aluminum foil if that's what I have, but I prefer parchment paper. Once I get it on there, I'm going to coat both sides of the chicken with salt, pepper, poultry seasoning, and any other season I might be feeling. I might be feeling Cajun, might be feeling some spicy stuff that day. Um, and so I'm going to throw it on there. After that, I'm going to put it in the oven at 350 degrees for 15 minutes. After the 15 minutes, I'm going to wash my hands, wash my tongs, and turn that chicken over with those tongs um, so that I can bake the other side for another 15 minutes. After the second 15 minutes, a total of 30 minutes cooking in the oven, then I'm going to start to test for doneness. I'm going to take my knife and stick it into the fattest part of the fattest piece of chicken in the tray. Once I see that that is going in nicely and that when I cut it, everything inside looks completely white, no hints of pink, no anything, you know, oozing out of it. If I have a bone in that meat, there's no nothing uh, pouring out of it still or cooking out of the, the meat. Um, it's all good to go. Then I will pull it out of the oven and be done with it. And then you will have a beautiful piece of meat there. And you can add your sauces or what you like at towards the end of the cooking process. And if you want to pop it back into the oven just to get the sauces nice and bound to the meat, you can go right ahead. It's your prerogative. Um, so today's song of the day, guys, is Hey Mr. DJ by John Nay. And that song is coming to you from 1994. I was, I'm not, I'm not gonna tell my age. I'm not gonna tell my age. I'm not gonna do it. But at that time. I was young, I will say. But Hey Mr. DJ, it came on, uh, I forgot what I was listening to the other day, and I it brought it back to my memory because I knew this song and I, was, I never knew who sang it. And so I went down a rabbit hole on my Spotify to see who was who who sang the song. And she had some some hits, John A, check her out on Spotify. But first, hit up my Kitchen Cooking and Cleanland, Cleaning song playlist on Spotify, which is available in the show notes of this show, and listen to all the songs to get you in the right mindset because, guys, when we're in the kitchen, it can be so stressful. It's usually after a long day of work or even if it's middle of the day, you're getting a head start. Uh, it can be stressful, and there's so much stressing us already that this should actually be a moment to find peace, to get creative, to have fun because if you follow these simple tips, 
it's going to be edible. It's going to be great. It's going to be delicious. So we might as well have fun getting there, guys. So definitely check out the playlist. You can go ahead and uh, follow me on Instagram at underscore E-V-C-O-O-K-S. And leave a comment on one of my posts and tell me that you listen to the podcast. Tell me what you like about it. Um, Let me know how it's going. Send me some pictures of what you guys are making at home. Um, Let me know you guys are listening. Um, if you enjoyed this episode or any of my episodes, definitely, uh, leave a rating and review on Apple podcasts. Even if you listen to this somewhere else, find somebody with an iPhone and go ahead and leave a rating review on Apple podcasts for sure. Um, that's how other people, other adults that, um, need to hear this message can hear this message and will be more likely to listen to an episode if you tell them to. So go ahead and leave that. If you're listening to it on another platform, go ahead and subscribe. You can also subscribe to my newsletter, which you can find on my website, um, to get all the updates about this podcast. Um, you can also check out my online store. We are having a sale. So those that are new to me, I am a pastry chef by day. So uh, I am having an online store sale 20% off if you shop this week um, because I've added some new chocolates, new fun things to my website um, in time for the holidays. So go ahead and check it out um, at Evelyn, shopevelyncook.com. Again, the link will be in the show notes. Um, but guys, you've made it this far. You get five gold stars for adulting today. Claps for you for coming this far. Every step you take to be a better home cook and and person in the kitchen is a step worth taking because everyone wants to eat. Everyone has to eat. Everyone wants to eat good food. So if you can empower yourself to be able to do that for you and for your friends, everybody's always going to love you. You're always going to have people over. You're always going to have people around. So, um, Thank you for getting this far, guys. Um, And uh, thank you for listening. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.